Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for February 3rd, 2023. Today's word. We get a word from God every day on today's word. We receive what God is saying. We release it unto you, and together we walk this thing out. We walk by faith and not by sight. We're looking at the miracles of Jesus. We've been looking at it all year long, and so today we're looking at this miracle where Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood, and as we look at this, we're going to look at the power of words. Say this, say this, Say, I release faith with my words. Get ready to receive the word. All right, we've been looking at Mark chapter four and Mark chapter five, but before we get into these uh, miracles, and we're looking today, of course, at the woman with the issue of blood, uh, I want us to look at Psalms 126 and verse four. So let's get ready for that uh, this morning. Psalms 126 and verse four. Let's take a look at that, and then we'll look at the miracles. So the Bible says, this is a scripture that was spoken over our church, and I'm going to continue to share it with you most of the year. As a matter of fact, this is a scripture I'm meditating on. I'm preaching at VCMI uh, Virginia, VCMI Woodbridge on Sunday. Uh, so if you're in the area, if you're in the Northern Virginia area, come check us out at VCMI Virginia on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You will not be disappointed. Psalms 126 and verse four, the Bible says, now, Lord, <laughs> do it again. I love it. I love it. Now, Lord, do it again. I want you to do it again, God. May restore us to our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until every dry heart is drenched again. Now, Lord, do it again. We're asking God to take us back to our former glory, whatever we lost along the way, whatever, even if we got distracted, even if we allowed our hearts to be full of other things. This is a season where we will be re restored and refreshed and revived. And, and this is a season of refreshing and renewing for us. Lord, do it again. Every dry heart, put this in the chat, no dry places for me. Any area of my heart that was dry, that I allowed to get dry over, over this last period of time, the Lord is going to drench it again. Say amen to that. All right. So let's get into the word for this morning. Uh, we've been looking at Mark chapter four, Mark chapter five. And while we were dealing with Jairus, we just spent the last four days dealing with Jairus. Uh, as we were dealing with Jairus, of course, on the way to his house, Jesus had an encounter with the woman with the issue of blood. And so I talked about this woman briefly within the story of Jairus. And now we're going to talk about this woman specifically. All right. So once again, here's the context. We know Jesus, he preached, uh, taught all of these parables. Uh, that day, that morning, he taught parables all day. One of those parables was the mother of all parables, the parable of the sower. He told his disciples, hey, man, I got a lot more work to do. Let's go. He gets into the boat. They get into the boat. He leaves the crowd behind. He says, we're going to the other side. He went into the hindered part of the ship. He fell asleep on a pillow. On the way there, storm came. They woke up Jesus. He spoke to the storm. He used words to speak to a storm. And the storm quieted down. Peace be still. Even the people on the boat was like, man, who's this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? He gets over there to the land of Gad, the man of the, in the land of Gad of the Gadarenes who was possessed with a legion of demons. He cast a legion of demons, 2,000 demons out with words. Once again, he used words. 2,000 demons were gone. 
into a herd of swine. And so that was a breakthrough. Then he gets into the boat, goes back to the other side. Jairus is there, breaks out of the crowd, says, hey, my daughter's dying. Come to my house, Mr. Jesus. If you would come lay hands on her, she shall recover. She shall live. He said, let's go. As they're going, he's on his way to provide a breakthrough. He just got back from providing a breakthrough and sandwiched in between both of those situations. Here comes a woman who needs a breakthrough. And she, so, so she's coming and she has been bleeding for 12 long years. What this means is that her menstrual cycle got stuck in the on position and, and it wouldn't stop. And she had been bleeding for 12 long years. Basically, the way that Mark describes this woman, she was physically debilitated, obviously because of the constant loss of blood. She was psychologically scarred because of the legal parameters surrounding her condition. I'm going to give you, I'm going to teach you what the book of Leviticus says about this in a minute. But basically the Hebraic law uh, said that she was unclean. And so because she was unclean while she was on her cycle, but in this case, her cycle lasted for 12 years. So she had to stay away from everybody. And if she was around anybody, she had to say, hey, unclean, unclean, unclean. I'm unclean. Don't touch me. Because if you touch me, then you're going to become unclean. That's in Leviticus chapter 15, verses 19 through 31. So take a, minute, a moment now to think about this woman. She is physically drained, right? Obviously. She's emotionally scarred because she's an outcast. She's ostracized. She's, she's socially an outcast. She can't, she can't talk to anybody. She's financially broke because she spent all her money on doctors. The Bible says she didn't get any better. Actually, she grew worse. She was psychologically distraught, physically bleeding, financially broke. And then the Lord deposited this crazy idea. Has God ever given you like a crazy idea? The Lord put this crazy idea in her heart. What was that idea? If I could just, I heard about this miracle worker, Jesus. I know that he's going around healing people. Man, but if I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Where, where did that idea come from? That idea came from God. I believe that. Now, and and so, so, so she comes out of her house. She's supposed to be saying, unclean, unclean, unclean. She does it. And she sees the miracle worker Jesus walking by. Oh, hey, look, the miracle worker Jesus, he's with the ruler of the synagogue. I know Jairus. Jairus, okay, cool. So he's with Jairus, but he's also with his team. But he's also with the crowd. She kept saying, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She's been bleeding for 12 long years. She's tired of all the rules. She's supposed to be outside. And, and outside, she's supposed to say, hey, I'm unclean. I'm un she was like, forget all that. She broke through the crowd. She was touching people. She didn't say nothing. She broke through the crowd. She was breaking the rules. She didn't even care at this point. You ever got there where you're just sick and tired of being sick and tired? Like you don't even care. Like, you, like you're ready for, put this in the chat, say I'm ready for a breakthrough. Like you are ready. Like you, you're ready to receive. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you, you got to get to the point where you have a disdain for where you are in order to get to where you're going. And she was like, forget it. Forget all the rules. Forget all of the Leviticus and all of that stuff. Matter of fact, the rule of the synagogue, I, I don't even care. She broke through the crowd. She was pushing people out of her way. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Oh, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. If I could just touch the hem, I'm about to touch this man. If I could just touch the hem, man, I'm about to touch this man. If I could just, excuse me. And then right then, right, he was right there. She finally got, oh, can you see her? And then, yeah, yeah. 
boom, she touched the hem of his garment. And when she did, immediately, the Bible says, virtue left Jesus's body. Jesus was walking with Jairus and Jesus said, whoa, who touched me? And the disciples were like, what are you talking about who touched me? Jesus, you crazy? Everybody's touching you. The crowd is thronging against you. He said, no, 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 no. There's somebody that touched me, not with their hands, but with their faith. I just felt virtue leave my body. And immediately this woman knew that she was healed. Her bleeding stopped in that very moment. Why? Because she kept saying, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. And then she touched the hem of his garment and she was made whole. And then I got to keep going in this story, but I'm going to stop here for today. Right? I'm just, ooh, this is going to be so good. All right. So what does, we'll pick this up on Monday. What does this mean for you today? I have a a few things to share with you on this Friday morning. I don't know about I don't know if you could tell, but I love the Bible, y'all. I, I love watching TV. I, lo- I love watching movies and all that stuff. But the Bible is 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 just as good, right? Even better. Like I love this stuff. All right, y'all ready? You got to be ready for your breakthrough. All right, here's number one. Some things. Number one. One of the reasons. This is one of the reasons why I hate religion. Say I hate religion. I I believe that God hates religion, and I do too. So this is one of the reasons why I hate religion. For the Jews. Looking at the law of Leviticus, they had to obey this law in order to be sacred or holy, in order to be righteous and maintain religious and cultural purity, right? So the law, so not only the Ten Commandments, but the 600 plus other rules, and under these rules, they outline specific actions and behavior, behaviors and that kind of thing, and for them, cultural norms. And so when a woman is on her cycle, under the law, she's considered to be unclean. And, and this is once again, Leviticus 15, 19, 19 through 30. And so when she's on her cycle, she's normally supposed to be considered to be unclean for those seven days. And then after her cycle is over, there's a ceremony that she's supposed to do to regain her purity. And they then basically reintegrate herself into society, into a family. So basically, one week out of every four weeks, there were women that really couldn't socialize uh, under this system. And so one week out of every four weeks, uh, basically, they were like a prisoner in their home or a prisoner in their own body. And they had to basically stay away from their, the, even their family members let them know, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, don't touch me. And then there was like a ceremonial ritual and cleaning and all these things that they had to do in order to remain clean. Like even when the husband touched her, oh, well, let me wash myself and that kind of thing. And so there was all of these religious practices and they had to stay away from community activities during that week that they were on their cycle. But this woman, her cycle didn't stop for 12 years. So she is now considered unclean for 12 years. And so now she can't participate in social or religious activities. She can't go to church, y'all. So, so, no, so now she, she's in this condition and she's there for 12 long years. She's an outcast now in, in her community, right? Like, like, you know, initially people are like at church, hey, pray for Sister Brown. Pray for Sister Brown, y'all. Sister Brown's on the sick and shutting list. Cool. Uh, the prayer team, we're going to pray for Sister Brown. Oh, I haven't seen Sister Brown in a few months. Let's keep praying for Sister Brown. Yeah, maybe for a few months, maybe for a year, maybe for two years. Man, after a certain amount of time, they take off the sick and shutting list. Sister Brown, I haven't seen Sister Brown for 12 years. I haven't seen Sister... Think about that. 12 years. 12 years. Jairus' daughter was 12 years old. When Jairus' daughter was born, when, when she started breathing, this woman started bleeding. And 12 years later, their lives crossed. I mean, think about that. 
Do you have a 12-year-old? I have a nine-year-old upstairs. Like Ethan's whole life. Like, I mean, this woman was bleeding that long, 12 long years. She was an outcast in society. And religion, even though it was 12 long years, she couldn't reintegrate into society. Even though it was 12 long years, the religious people was like, no, you're still unclean. You, you, the religion will force restrictions on you without giving you an answer to your situation. Religious leaders wanted her to obey the rules, but they were not giving her a way out. She had spent all her money on doctors. She And, and the Bible says she didn't get any better. She grew worse. And, and people were praying for her. But come, come on now. After 12 long years, they probably forgot about her. She's a prisoner in her own body. And religious people would rather focus on the rules than her breakthrough. And when she got a glimpse of this opportunity, or like she just felt something in her spirit. Man, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Forget religion, forget the rules, forget Leviticus, forget y'all. I'm telling you, like, like you ever get, you got to get to the point where you just need your breakthrough. Jesus offered her what rules never could. Jesus offered her love and he offered her power. And this woman's life was changed forever. You will never experience intimacy with your heavenly father by focusing on a bunch of rules. Rules can't make you right. Rules can only show you when you're wrong. R rules and rites and rituals and routines and religious stuff can't make you right. R what you need is a relationship with God. Say amen to that. And so, so, so you cannot be the person that's just looking down on everybody and forcing a bunch of rules. We all want an intimate relationship with the Father. What does God say to the person that is in this situation? I love you and I want a relationship with you. What does God say to a person that's in any situation? I love you and I want a relationship with you. What does God say to the person that just had a divorce? I love you and I want a relationship with you. What does God say to the person that's struggling with, with a sexual impurity. I love you and I want a relationship with you. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are. I love you and I want a relationship with you. That's all Jesus was offering. I love you and I want a relationship with you. The Pharisees and the Sadducees would have said to this woman, you're wrong. And she was, watch this, watch this. She could have been stoned to death according to the law, but she got her breakthrough because she just needed it. At some point, you need a relationship with the father and it has to be beyond religion and rituals and routines and all of that stuff. Say amen to that. Say, put this in the chat. Say, I have a relationship with God. You need to have an intimate relationship with the father. You got it? All right. Number two, here's a big one. God will give you a glimpse of his will in your heart, putting his grace on full display. And when he does, you have to have the faith to believe it, receive it, and then launch out into it. So let me explain this because I don't want you to think that you can come up with whatever you want and then God has to give it to you. I've taught you before. I've taught you many times. Faith is not you convincing God. Faith is what happens when God convinces you, right? So it's not about you coming up with something and then just going to God and putting in Jesus name and saying like, God got to give it to me because God doesn't have to do that. So in this case, you can say, well, wait a minute, God, brother Pena, Jairus said something. The woman said something. Okay. Well, let me explain. You know how I said that Jesus, the Bible teaches, Jesus only said those things he heard the father say. He only did those things he saw the father do. So obviously when Jesus ministered to people, it was the will of the father. So here's the point. My point is this. When Jairus said, hey, if you will come to my house, lay hands on my daughter, she shall recover, she shall live. Where do you think he got that from? I believe he got that from God. I believe God put a glimpse in his heart of what it could look like for his daughter to get out of that situation. 
And so he then had to have the faith to go do something about it. He had to have the faith to go stand before Jesus, fall down on his knees, forget his personal relationships, forget his friends who didn't like Jesus, and then say it, and then launch out into it, right? So where do you think this woman got this image from of her touching the hem of his garment? And I shall be made whole. She didn't come up with that on her own. I don't believe so. I believe God put that in her heart. And so what God will do is you will go into your prayer closet or God can give you a, 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 an open vision while you're awake, a daydream, or God can give you a dream while you're sleeping, or God can give you a, a, a glimpse while you're praying, or God can speak to you while you're reading the word. God can speak to you while, while you're in church. God can speak to you while I'm, I'm talking. So, so even when I'm doing today's word, as an example, when I'm doing today's word, your heart is open to receive from God. So there are many times where I'm talking and you're not hearing what I'm saying. There are many times where I'm talking and the Holy Ghost is talking to you. The Holy Ghost, there's a word behind my word and a voice behind my voice. So God will give you a glimpse and an image of what, what he wants to do in your life. And your job is to believe, receive it, and then launch out into it. God will reveal to you his will as an act of his unearned and amazing grace. And when God does, when God gives you that glimpse, has God ever shown it? Come on, put this in the chat. Has God ever shown anything to you about your future that hasn't happened yet? And you know it was God and you know that came from God? If if God has, put that in the chat. And so, so I'm saying like, come on now, God will give you this glimpse. Now, when God gives you the glimpse, you have to have the faith to do it. You have to have the faith to launch out into it. God gave Jairus that glimpse. And when Jairus got that glimpse of, man, there's this man named Jesus. Now, my friends don't like him. This man named Jesus. Now, he doesn't do things like we do things. There's this man named Jesus. But man, if that guy would just come to my house, lay hands on my daughter, she shall recover. She shall, I'm going to say it. And so he broke through the crowd, fell down, and he said it out loud. He, he, he declared what God was revealing to him. He said it out loud in faith, without a doubt, without wavering. And Jesus was like, all right, well, let's go. And what happened? He got exactly what he said. I don't believe the woman with the issue of blood came up with this thing on her own. She got this glimpse. What was the glimpse? If I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She kept saying it. She kept saying it. She was ministering to herself. Look at me. Sometimes you got to preach to yourself. Sometimes you have to encourage yourself. Sometimes you have to minister to yourself. Sometimes you got to go over to the mirror and say, hey, girl, let me tell you something. You got it going on. Sometimes you got to go over to the mirror and say, look at me, man of God. You're the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. You're the lender, not the borrow. You're the winner, not the loser. You're the victor, not the victim. Come on now. Sometimes you got to minister to yourself. She was ministering to herself. She kept saying within herself, if I could just but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be, excuse me, if I could just but touch the hem, excuse me, excuse me, I shall be made whole. And she was ministering to herself. Where did she get it from? She got it from God. In the case of Jairus, uh, uh, yeah, what God was leading him to do was going to cost him something. It was. It might cost him his relationships with his buddies who didn't like Jesus. In the case of this woman, listen, it was going to cost her something. She was out there at the risk of being stoned to death. Let me tell you something. Put this in the chat. Living by faith is risky. Living by faith. Listen, when you live by faith, it's risky. God, God will lead you to do some stuff that's risky. He will send you out there at the risk of looking foolish. Living by faith, you have to attempt some stuff and say some stuff and launch out into some stuff. And you're like, oh my God, oh my God, I don't know what I'm doing out here. Oh God, I'm doing it because you told me to do it. God, please don't let me look stupid. God, please don't let me look stupid. God, if you don't show up, it can't get done. Oh God, I'm out here. I said it. You told me to say it. I said it. You, you told me to take you public. I, I, I did. You told me to post it on social media. I posted it. I don't even know what I'm doing, God, but please don't let me look stupid. God will get you out there at the risk of looking foolish. Jairus was out there at the risk of looking foolish with his friends. The woman was out there at the risk of being stoned to death. Living by faith is risky. 
but living by faith is exciting. Glory to God. When you have something down in your heart and God puts it down in your heart, living by faith is exciting. You get excited about what God just put down in your heart and you say it and you meditate on it and you daydream about it and you declare it and you speak it and you're like open for it and you, you're like, oh my God, this is going to be a great testimony. I don't know how God is going to do it. God told me what, but he didn't tell me how. God told me what, but he didn't tell me when. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen because God said it. And so I have the faith to keep saying it. I'm going to say what God said until I see what God said. I'm going to believe and receive. Come on now. This is how we live. We're the just and we live by faith. You got to meditate on it. You got to daydream about it. You got to get this image down in your heart and you meditate on that image and you, you medicate on that image and you can see it where, where the unseen is more real to you than the seen. But at some point, you got to do something. Faith is an action word. You, you can meditate about it. You can think about it. You can put it up on, your, on, on the wall in your prayer closet. You can put it on your vision board. But at some point, you have to do something about it. Faith is an action word. To do something by faith, you are going to have to get out of the boat. You can't walk on water if you don't get out of the boat. You can't hit a home run if you don't take a swing. Say amen to that. Say, say put this in the chat. Say, I am the faith. Uh, I am the just and I live by faith. I am the just and I live by faith. There's so much in this story. All right. So let me give you the last and uh, the third and final point for today. And then we'll, uh, I'm obviously going to deal with this again on Monday. Last point for today. Faith is voice activated. Put this in the chat. Say faith is voice activated. <laughs> faith is voice activated. So notice, let, let's talk about the power of words real quick. Notice how I'm talking about Mark chapter four, and Mark chapter five. Notice how Jesus used the power of words to stop a storm. He spoke words in faith without a doubt, without wavering, and he changed the weather with his words, right? Notice how Jesus cast a legion of demons, 2000 demons out. He didn't lay hands on the man. He, he just spoke words, go. And 2000 demons had to go. Why? Because faith is voice activated. What, what God is looking for on the earth is faith. He's looking for men and women on the earth to say what he's saying to you. God is looking for men and women on the earth to have the audacity to say what he's saying so you can see what he's saying. The Roman centurion believed that Jesus had authority over sickness. And he was like, listen, Mr. Jesus, I understand how authority works because I'm a man under authority. I'm also a man in authority because I'm under authority. I have to do whatever the people that have authority over me say. But if they say it, I have to do it. If they speak words, I have to obey. But I also am in authority over some stuff. And the people that are under my authority, if I say go, they have to go. If I say do, they have to do. But you, Mr. Jesus, I don't have authority over sickness because if I did, I would speak it myself, but I don't. But I perceive, Mr. Jesus, that you have authority over sickness. And since I understand how authority works, and since the way authority works is that whatever is under your authority is subject to your words. So if you just, I don't need you to go. I just need you to say, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Jesus is like, man, I haven't found nobody with faith like this man, not even in Israel. How, why is it that it takes none of the religious people to understand faith like this? Why is it that it requires somebody that's not an Israelite to really understand faith? Why is it that God takes an outsider, somebody that wasn't raised in all of this religious stuff that can understand faith better than y'all understand faith? Why? Because y'all too religious to understand it. This man understands it. He's like, I don't even need you to go. 
I just need you to say, open up your mouth. Jesus said, go, your servant is healed. And he was healed from that very moment. And so, so Jesus spoke words of faith. Listen, you got to speak words of faith. Jairus spoke words of faith when he said, hey, Mr. Jesus, you have to come to my house, lay hands on my daughter. If you do, if you come to my house, lay hands on my daughter, she shall recover and she shall live. That was words of faith. He had to say it out loud in faith without wavering, without a doubt. This woman got, she had to speak words of faith. What was she saying? She kept saying, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. If I could just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She touched the hem of his garment. Boom. She was made whole. Other people were touching Jesus. Nothing happened. Why? Because they didn't say what she said. I'm saying, what do you say? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you understand this, but good or bad, you will have whatsoever you say. You will have whatsoever you say. Jesus said in Mark uh, 11, um, he says, listen, if you say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, you don't doubt in your heart, you shall have whatsoever you say. Listen, you got to have whatsoever you say, but you have to say in faith, without wavering, without a doubt. James said, he that wavers is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. He's like up today, down tomorrow. This man should not receive anything from God. So, so listen, you can't waver. You get, say this, put this in the chat. Say, say, I speak words of faith without wavering, without a doubt. I speak words of faith without wavering, without a doubt. I'm going to speak whatever God tells me to speak. I'm going to speak whatever God gives me a glimpse of. I'm going to speak the glimpses of the future that God has given me. I'm going to declare, I'm going to call those things which be not as though they were until they become what I said. I'm going to set my faith in agreement. I'm going to live I'm going to live by faith. I'm not going to live by sight. God is showing me my future. I go into my prayer closet and my future is on display. And my future is on display by the grace of God. And God is saying, son, daughter, this is what I'm, I planned this for you from the foundations of the world. Oh, God, but look at my situation. He said, don't worry about that. This is what I planned for you from the foundations of the world. But God, look at where I am right now. Son, daughter, stop looking at that. Stop looking at where you are. Look at, this is what I, I'm, I planned this for you from the foundations of the world. I need you to believe it. I need you to see it. I need you to declare it. I need you to open up your mouth and set your faith in agreement with it. I need you to set your heart like a flint. You shall not be moved. And you cannot be moved by what you see. You can only be moved by what I said, son. You can only be moved by what I said, daughter. I don't know who I'm talking talking to this morning, but you need to say what God said until you see what God said. You cannot be moved. Don't be saying anything else. Do not waver. Do not drift to the left nor to the right. Stand in faith without wavering, without a doubt, declaring the word of God. Faith is voice activated. Open up your mouth and say something. The reason why I gave you the books on affirmations, you should get those books so you can open up your mouth and say some stuff so you can decree and declare. Why do I end every message with a declaration of faith? Because I want you to speak words of faith from a believing heart. There's something that happens. Listen, God set up a system on the earth where words matter. But here's the system that God created is that no words, nobody's words matter more over my life than my own words. So something happens when I speak words of faith from a believing heart and my ears hear my voice. It comes out of my mouth and goes back into my ears. It gets down in my heart, comes out of my mouth, gets down in my ears, gets down in my heart. Something happens when I am activating the faith of God. I am declaring, I am decreeing what God has spoken to me. Come on now. And so this is how we live. Jesus did it all the time. And we're supposed to do it all the time. We are the just and we live by faith. Say amen. That's enough. There's more here. Obviously, I'm going to talk about this on Monday. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. As I study the miracles of Jesus, 
My faith is reignited. This is my season. This is my time. This is my turn. I am no longer focused on ritual, routine, or religion. I have a relationship with you, Father, and I am committed to experiencing your power. I'm not afraid of attempting to do whatever you lead me to do. I will do what you tell me to do, even at the risk of looking foolish, even when it's something I've never done before, even when it's something that I can't see in the natural. My eyes are upon you. My confidence is in you and my life is all about you. So I'm ready to launch out in faith. I boldly declare this year is the best year of my life. Greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Sign up. You get the messages for free. Listen, as a reminder, if you're in the Northern Virginia area, uh, come check us out Sunday morning, 10 a.m. at VCMI Virginia. Uh, go to VCMI.org if you need the address. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. Have an amazing weekend. Do me some uh, a favor. Go into the chat. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Woo! We are the just, and we live by faith. I'll see you on Monday morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.